You're listening to episode 27 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Honors is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What is happening, my fellow money owners? So I'm excited to come back and talk to you guys all about more business ownership-related stuff. So our first episode on the business ownership series is a four-part series that started in episode 26. So if you're the kind of person who um, wants to hear everything from the beginning, you should go back and listen to episode 26, which talks about all the things that you should do before you start a business. If you are the kind of person who's already started a business and doesn't want to hear about any of that... (laughs) then that's fine. Jump right in here. Today's episode is going to talk about what to do in the first year of a business. So you've already taken the plunge. You are about to enter the first year of starting your business. And what are the most important things that you need to do? So before we start talking about that, the first thing I want to say is that businesses typically take two to three years to become profitable. And by profitable, what I mean is that the business itself is not only able to cover its own expenses um, and be profitable from a business standpoint, but it's also able to cover your personal expenses. So typically, people who go out and start businesses, they generally had some sort of income um, before they went and started the business. So even let's say if you were like living in your parents' basement, I don't know, injecting rats, and then you decided to like go start a business you know, doing that full time <laughs> where people would actually pay you to do it. I don't know. Um, right. Your parents in, in essence were supporting you to do that. In which case that was the income that was allowing you to inject rats in the basement. Um, that's not typically who's listening to this podcast, so we're not going to get into that. Um, uh, but that's just an example, right? You had some sort of income that was sustaining you beforehand. And then there was a period of time where you thought to yourself, Hey, wouldn't it be great if I went out on my own and was doing something like injecting rats in the basement. And then you went and actually started that. And then you basically had no income. (laughs) So some ways that people get around not having any of that income, right, is actually moving back in with their parents and injecting rats in the basement of their parents' house um, while they get their business off the ground. And that's totally possible. Um, And that would make it easier for your business to become profitable. But that said, if you don't want to be living in your parents' basement all the time, if you want to eventually, I don't know, buy your own house, uh, live with your future spouse or live with your current spouse or raise kids and not do it uh, while you're basically mooching off of your parents, then in order for your business to to really become profitable, whereby it is not only supporting the business expenses that you have, it's also supporting your personal expenses. That typically takes two to three years. Um, and I think it's really easy to get caught up in how other people's businesses are more successful um, and are able to do it in a shorter period of time than, let's say, the average business. But that two to three year figure is really something that I've seen in my practice over and over again. It's something that was totally true for my financial planning practice. Um, It's something that I've heard from other financial advisors who started practices that the first two years were really, really tough. Between two and three, things start to happen. And year three, like by the end of year three, things are really, really kind of good. 
I would keep that number in mind when you are thinking about your business of like, hey, okay, what can I do to get myself through these two to three years? And we kind of talked about that in the last podcast. So if you didn't listen to it, I really suggest even if you've already started a business to go back and listen to it, there were some good tidbits in there about things that you can do and things that you should be thinking about and all that stuff that actually does even apply after the fact. And we'll actually delve into some of that today as well. So the first thing to think about is separating your business and your personal accounts from each other. So the easiest way to do that, obviously, is to go to the bank. <laughs> um, I don't know, incorporate your business, which we talked about doing on the last show, and then set up a business bank account and maybe even get a business credit card, um, but at the very least have a business debit card. And that's the best way to keep your personal expenses and your business expenses separate. And I would highly suggest doing this because I've seen it happen where a um, client of mine started a sole proprietorship. The things were getting very intermingled. It was very difficult for us to separate what out what was and what was not a business expense. Um, and she didn't remember. And then we were going back and she was thinking on them. And we had a very long list of expenses that we had to go through as a result of this. And it honestly all would have been so much easier, even if she hadn't like actually created a business account, but if she had just gone to the bank and opened up a second account in her own name and kept the sole proprietorship going, but just did everything business related out of that sole proprietorship account that was in her personal name. Um, so at the very least do that. I don't think that's in your best interest. I think that if you're serious about your business, you should go out and you should incorporate and do it right. But um, in lieu of that, if you think like, hey, I'm not really sure, I'm gonna, you know, I'm only in year one. Once year one's over and I really can prove that this is a thing, then I'll go and incorporate, then that's fine. But you should still have a separate account. That way you're able to keep track of everything. And the other thing that we kind of did mention on the last podcast, but I'm going to mention it here again today, is like you need absolute control over your personal expenses. You got to keep your eyes on the prize. Um, and by absolute control over your personal expenses, I mean, like, start making cuts. <laughs> I know you might think, like, oh, I completely got this under control. It's going to be super easy for me. I just have to get 10 clients, and then I'll be making what I used to make, blah, 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 except that, like, that literally never happens to people in their first year of running their business. Whatever number you set out to make is typically not what you make in the first year, and anything that you can do in the first year to cut your personal expenses will extend the life of your business. So, when you're thinking about these things, the number one number that you want to calculate is something called your burn rate. So burn rate is typically something that startups use that let them know how much um, how much money they need per month to keep the lights on in their business. And you need to know the same thing for your business. So basically, you got to go down the line of like, okay, what does it cost me per month in business expenses to keep the lights on in my business? That's your business burn rate. But because you're a business owner and you're at the very beginning of being a business owner, you actually also need to do that for your personal expenses. So you want to have a business burn rate that you calculate. Then you also want to have a personal burn rate that you're calculating. And then you want to compare that to the amount of cash that you set aside Remember we talked about this in the last episode? You were setting aside cash before you went out and started that business. You want to actually compare that number to the cash that you set aside and see how many months that you have. So take the total amount of cash, divide it by the personal burn rate plus the business burn rate, and you'll get a number that's left over of how many months you have to run this business before, you know, basically your business goes belly up because you're out of money. So that number obviously doesn't include any kind of income that you're going to have in coming in from your business. Um, as money comes in for income, you can actually use that to subtract off of the burn rate. If it's like, let's say it's very regular income that you expect to have every single month, that's a good way to look at it. If it's not, then that's a little bit hard to use and it starts to get into some of those like managing cash flow episodes that we had earlier on, which you can go back and take a look at. But that burn rate is everything. It is like 
your life's number that you have to think of at the top of your mind all the time. And the other thing that gets a little bit more complicated with this, right, is that your personal burn rate is an after-tax number, but your business burn rate is a pre-tax number. (laughs) I know, so fun, yeah. (laughs) So what you actually have to do with your personal burn rate is you have to estimate what you think you're gonna be paying in taxes. Typically, a first-year business owner doesn't pay very much in taxes because you don't earn very much. That said, um, I wouldn't use that as a metric. I would anticipate paying some sort of tax rate, and you would um, convert your personal expenses into a pre-tax number. So let's say, for instance, you think your tax rate is going to be around 25% all in, then what you would do is you would take your personal expenses, you would divide it by 0.75 because it's one minus your tax rate, and you would get what you need to make pre-tax. Okay, so now that you're thinking about that, the other thing that you need to be thinking about is, okay, so I'm going to make some cuts, right? Because we're going to have absolute control over our personal expenses. So if I can make these cuts, maybe I can recalculate my burn rate, right? Every time I make a cut, I can recalculate that burn rate on the personal side. Maybe I can extend that cash a little bit longer. So some things to be thinking about when you're running a business is like, okay, like I believe in this business. I believe in everything that I'm doing. I want to get out there. I want to run this thing. But in order to do that, I kind of got to make all these changes on the other side. These are like how we've always talked about how your thoughts kind of, they, your thoughts cause your feelings, your feelings cause your actions, and your actions cause your results. This is the best way to get your thoughts to change around budgeting and to get your thoughts to change around just spending less money in general, right? Because like your mission now is to run this business. And not only is your mission to run this business, but your mission is to like create one of the best businesses that ever was created, right? Otherwise, why are you starting your business? I know that's why I started my financial planning practice, right? It's so it could be the best freaking financial planning practice out there (laughs) and why I started this podcast and everything else, right? Like my goal isn't to have like a mediocre business and I don't think that your goal is to have that either. So when you keep the mission in mind, right, then you're able to actually change the way you're thinking about certain things, change your feelings about it. Maybe you used to think that budgeting was like the worst thing on earth, but now that you're like, hey, Budgeting will actually help me support my business. You can see how that thought will change and how that feelings, like the feelings around that will change. And you will get different results from that because you will be taking different actions because you will feel better about what you're doing. So I think that that's actually like having a really good goal in mind is the number one way to actually change your thoughts. Um, and this is something we've talked about on every single episode, I think, <laughs> to over the past year. Um, granted, we've used different examples, but um, this is a great example of that. And the other thing you really want to be thinking about when you think about your expenses is just thinking about how you can make everything like 10 to 15% less expensive in your life. So a really good example of this is actually something that just happened to me. Um, I was making a pancake for my son, like I do like all the time during the week because he likes to eat these oat pancakes in the morning and he like has such a smile on his face and they're so easy to do the night before that like, how can I help myself? Except that like we have this cast iron pot And I was being lazy and I didn't put enough um, butter in the pan and it totally stuck. And I was like, oh God, he's not going to eat this. Um, I really, at this point, should just get like a nonstick pan so I can like move on with my life. And I go onto Amazon to go buy my nonstick pan. And on Amazon, they had the price of two all-clad nonstick pans for $60. And I was like, oh, $60? You know, I'm like a cheap person. That's why I'm doing this podcast, right? So $60, like I don't want to spend $60 on that. So <laughs> I scrolled down a little bit more and it says that I can buy it for $45 if I get damaged packaging. So I just saved like an incredible amount of money. I know in the grand scheme of things, it's only $15, right? But that's a 25% decrease in the price of that particular item. So 
I know it's kind of a long-winded example, but I think these are things that you need to be thinking about just in general, but especially when you're trying to get a new business off the ground. Because when you're trying to get that new business off the ground, anything that you can do to cut expenses on the personal side will extend the amount of life that you have in this business. And if you are in year one, you know, like I wish... I did more of that in year one. Um, I did a lot of it in year one, but if I could take it back, I would have done even more. I would have cut so much more. (laughs) Because, like, also, I think um, when you're in, like, year five, which is where I am now in my financial planning practice, you kind of have a badge of honor about how much you cut back in the day to, like, make things work. Um, And I know, like, sometimes, like, I'll reminisce with some of my financial planning colleagues, and we'll talk about, like, all the stuff we did to, like, really make our business go. Um, And I'm like, God, I wish I cut more stuff, you know? (laughs) Anyways, so things to think about, you know, and also things to be proud of because like this is a true accomplishment. If you're willing to actually make these behavior changes, you'll also be able to like kind of come out on the other side. So what I've also found with people and with clients that I've worked with is that they make these changes to go out and start their business and they were actually able to sustain them because they realized that a lot of the things that they were spending money on to begin with weren't really things that were bringing them joy. They weren't really things that meant a lot in their lives. It was actually really easy to cut them. And then the things that they weren't able to cut were things that actually mattered to them and that they didn't want to cut and that were worth working for. So it really, like, it kind of takes something that feels really gray in your life when you have a lot of money coming in and makes it really black and white when you have to make these decisions. And then you're actually able to take those new habits with you on the other side. So I actually see a lot of my business owners, they start out maybe with some unhealthy spending habits and they come out looking really good on the other side because they did all the work along the way. And by the time they got through, you know, years one, two, and three, they have like a completely new ingrained habit. They're actually just a different person. They're not the person who used to spend money on all these things anymore. They're a new person who thinks really carefully about how they spend their money. You kind of need to do the same thing in your business as well. So it is important to spend money on things for your business so that you can go out and make money, but you have to make decisions about what those things actually are. So we did use an example last um, episode about calculating return on investment. Um, But something to consider that I actually didn't put in that episode that I was thinking about after the fact is like, hey, you can make this investment and not get any clients. And how would you feel about that investment as a result of that? Um, I believe the example we used is like paying $5,000 for a marketing person that you had to get like five clients or something like that to like break even or whatever. Um, Obviously, I should have looked up the exact example (laughs) before I started recording this podcast, but I didn't. So, you know, bear with me. Um, But yeah, like coming back to it, though, right? Like, let's say you did pay $5,000 for a marketing person, but you got zero clients. Okay, was that still a good investment? Did you learn anything from that marketing person that you can then apply? Did you maybe learn things as a result of not actually getting any results from that marketing person? And then you can apply going forward, right? These are all things that you need to think about when you're making business decisions. Um, and you really need to, in the first year, just like keep it as tight as possible. Um, the number one thing that goes on in the first year of business is that you are not only extremely cash-strapped because you're basically living on whatever you saved from your previous job, um, you, so you have no monetary resources. You are also time strapped because what ends up happening is that you are doing all of these things to get your business getting off the ground and there, and you're probably wearing multiple hats to do it, um, because you can't afford to hire all sorts of people and outsource things that you would typically outsource. And as a result of that, you are, you, you know, you're just kind of being pulled from all, all sides. Um, and you feel like, you know, you're burning the candle at both ends and you're not sleeping and you're probably not eating right. And maybe you're not even getting to the gym enough because you're trying to get your business off the ground. I don't think that that's the right way to go. <laughs> I think you'll know from listening to this podcast that, that I do think work-life balance is really important. But that said, like the first year of a business is, is really kind of important. It's like, it's, 
it's not about being extremely successful and being that outlier. It's actually about just being able to last through that first year. Like, what can you do to prove to people that you're not going to just fold your doors after a year of being in business? Um, and year two is actually a lot like that, too. Um, I don't want to talk about years two and three because we're going to do episode 28 on that. Um, or possibly episode 29, because we might have a guest coming in for episode 28. Keep you posted on that. Um, and we might break up this four-part series, but um, we'll see. So either episode 28 will be on years two to three of your business, or episode 29 will be. Um, and we'll always have Q&A every five episodes, just throwing that in there. Um, but yeah, so you're resource-strapped. And because you're resource-strapped, what actually ends up happening is that we make bad decisions. <laughs> so sometimes we make good decisions, right, as a result of being resource-strapped because we can maybe make changes to our budget or we can, um, you know, think about things differently because we only have so many resources. But other times what happens is that we get into the scarcity mentality, something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and you should go listen to episode four if you want a reminder about it, but where we think like, oh my God, we only have so much resources. Like, what are we going to do with that? And sometimes when we come from this place of scarcity, what we do is we take on clients that we don't necessarily want to have because we want more income coming in because we don't want to actually make some of the hard decisions on the other side of like being really nitpicky about where we spend our business money and our personal money. So instead we're like, okay, we're hungry. Doors are open. Come on in. Anyone who's got, you know, a, a ticking heart, I will take care of. Um, <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Like I did that. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. And I think you will do that. And that's kind of part of year one is like you make mistakes and it sucks and it's hard and you feel bad about yourself and you cry a lot. And sometimes like you don't like the decisions that you made. And sometimes you even stay up at night thinking about them or have dreams about them. Um, you know, just saying that I heard this from a friend. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was actually me. I did all of those things in the first year of my business multiple, multiple times because the running a business in the first year is really, really hard. Um, but sometimes we make bad decisions also because we are emotional about all these things. It's very hard to detach. Um, it's very hard to do all of the things that are really important to running a business and to being a good CEO. And I'm really sorry. There's like something going on outside my apartment and multiple um, sirens and other things have gone by. And I really thought it was just going to be one and it was like 50. So I don't think that's something we're going to be able to edit out. So it's just going to be in the podcast. And I know you guys sometimes complain about sound, but yeah, there's kind of nothing we can do about that until I actually get a real studio. So my apologies on that. Um, but yeah. So anyways, when you're making decisions from a place of scarcity, it's, it's hard because your brain is thinking about things the wrong way. And sometimes you just have to think a different thought to be able to make the right decision. So what I would suggest when you're making these business decisions is actually being able to take a deep breath, right? Stop, breathe, and then actually evaluate if you're making the decision under a like an objective lens or if you're making this decision under the lens of, hey, I need money coming into my business now. Um, that's the best way to be looking at it. Don't get me wrong, you're still going to do it and that's fine. But um, the more you can pause and kind of reflect about what's going on in your business, the more successful you're going to be at doing these over time. So don't expect year one to be perfect, but do expect year one to be a really good learning experience for, for yourself. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is like, you really do need to save for unexpected expenses and taxes. So we've talked about this over and over and over again on this podcast. Um, year one is no exception to this. So you're going to have very little income coming in and 
as a result of that, you really shouldn't be paying yourself a salary. So one of the things that you need to do is set that money aside so that you can pay for something unexpected that comes up, or you can make an investment in your business, um, or you can pay for those taxes because you actually end up making money and you didn't realize you were, and now you have a tax bill to pay, right? Instead of like immediately paying yourself a salary and starting to spend that money that's coming into your business, I highly suggest setting aside as much capital as you can in your first year and really living off of your personal savings rather than living off of the business, um, the business's income. Okay, so other things to be thinking about. Tap credit cards sparingly. Yes, I know. So what happens a lot of the time is that um, people, they get offers from credit card companies to um, that like, oh, you just opened a business account. Let us offer you this zero interest card where you can get free everything for the first year. And it's going to be great because you won't have to pay any interest. But what ends up happening is that people rack up a huge credit card balance over the course of the first year because they have zero interest. They don't pay it off. And then they actually start paying interest in month 13. So I've seen this happen over and over again with people. So I am throwing that out there of like, hey, you can do that. You can take that zero interest credit card from them if you're willing to come up with a plan for how you're going to pay that off. If you're not, don't even bother taking it because it's just a slippery slope that you're going to go down. I think we talked about this in the debt episode. It was number 23 if you want to go back and listen to it. Um, But yeah, that's something definitely to think about. There's a reason why they offer you these credit cards, and it's because they know that you're not going to pay it off, okay? For every one person that's like a crazy financial planner like me who is able to calculate exactly how much they need to pay so that that the card is totally paid off, right? There's like 100 other people that are just like, oh, crap, the year's up oh, well, I guess I'm just going to pay $100 to $500 a month in interest until I figure this out, okay? (laughs) They are banking on that. There's a reason why they're offering you this credit card. They know they're going to make money off of you. So just think about these things when you get these introductory rates or these anything that's introductory, anything really that's introductory, be thinking about because you will forget when the introductory period is over, in which case you will start paying money for it. So what I actually like to do is um, set up my calendar so that if I do take something introductory, I actually mark on my calendar when I need to pay again. And sometimes in advance, like like this credit card thing, for instance, I did take the credit card, but I did mark on my calendar, let's say three months early um, when I need to start making those payments so that the card was fully paid off. And these are things that you need to be doing in your business as well. That way things don't get kind of ahead of you where you're not paying for some subscri- subscription that you didn't necessarily want. You were just taking a free trial to see whether or not you like the product, all of those things. You need to mark your calendar to make sure that those things don't happen to you. Okay. So other things to think about. I am not a marketing genius. Um, if I were, I think I'd have a much bigger business. <laughs> So you're not going to get any marketing tips on here. But that said, um, I have done marketing. And the thing that worked the best for me and has worked the best for my clients and for everybody else who I've ever met who has done any kind of marketing is picking one to two marketing strategies and then giving them time to work. I don't know what those marketing strategies are. I'm not even going to pretend to tell you any kind of marketing strategies because I literally don't know and it would be a waste of your time. That said, what I do know is same thing like we've said before. You have limited time and resources at the beginning. You need to make do with what you have. Just trying everything isn't going to work for you because not only do you have limited resources, you have limited time. You can't just go out there. There are only 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, and you got to sleep, right? So like... (laughs) In the meantime, you know, you got to figure out which marketing strategies are going to work for most for you. You got to focus on the things that are going to give you the most bang for your buck when you first start and you got to 
follow those down to the natural conclusion point. So don't just automatically assume in month one, because you didn't get any clients from it, that it's not going to work. Sometimes these things take longer than expected. Um, I would say start with direct marketing strategies before some of these indirect ones. A podcast, for example, like Money Owners Podcast, is an indirect marketing strategy. So this podcast, I didn't actually expect really to get any business from (laughs) for a long period of time, because it's a bunch of free content, right? And you guys have to learn how to trust me. And then eventually somebody will come around and say, and somebody actually has, and I'm working with somebody, but yeah. So where they'll come around and say, Hey, I want to use you as my financial coach. Um, and just putting a feeler out there. If anyone needs a financial coach, there is one right here talking to you, giving you all this free advice, right? But it's indirect marketing. And if I, if this were my main business, if this were the only business that I was running, I would go out there and directly market to people, pick up the phone, meet people, do things that are actually going to get your face out there. That's going to be more impactful than let's say, you know, writing a blog, doing a podcast, making a couple of YouTube videos, right? These are all things that are indirectly going to help your business. It means that they, they will help over the long term, but maybe when you're picking one to the, the one to two marketing strategies, maybe one of them is that, you know, you have a podcast or a blog, you're really passionate about that, but that the other one is a direct marketing strategy and then give it time. I swear to God, give it time. It will work. If you put all of your effort into it, if you research what you're supposed to be doing or you hire a marketing person to help you do that one strategy, you will actually make money. (laughs) You just have to actually do the work and then wait because these things take time. They don't happen overnight. Okay. The other thing to think about when you're in the first year of your business is to break down your goals into smaller tasks so that you can work on them every day. This was huge for me. So we have this big goal, right? You start a financial planning practice. Okay, my big goal is to get to, you know, a certain amount of assets under management or whatever, you know, go get new clients. Um, okay, go get new clients is very big, right? <laughs> I don't really know what I need to do when I when I think to myself, go get new clients, right? But if I write down a list of 10 things that I need to do to go get new clients and then I schedule it on my calendar, now I have an action plan. Now I can actually go and do it. Um, and then obviously I have to honor my calendar and actually do the things that I put on my calendar to get out there. Um, but it's really, really helpful to break down big goals into smaller tasks that you can work on. It'll help you be focused. It'll help you actually achieve things and it'll help you like take things that are esoteric that don't have any kind of real task to them. It'll force you to create tasks out of that. So then you can actually do them as opposed to just having this big dream idea of running this big business, right? It doesn't really help anyone to say to yourself that you want to run a big business if you're not willing to do the steps that will help you get to that place where you can run that big business. Um, The other thing that I really wish I did that I didn't implement until years um, towards the end of year two, which honestly I wish I had done in year one, so I'm giving you this tip now, is to set up um, systems to start tracking the things that you're doing so that you can use this data later on. We talked a little bit about this in last episode about key performance indicators. Um, It's kind of more than that, though. Um, Yeah, you can kind of probably Google for your industry what are good key performance indicators, but what you really need to be tracking are like the things that are useful to you and your business. I don't know what those things are because I don't know what your business is, right? Like, I, I just don't. But what was important to me in my business was tracking how much time I was spending per client, like really tracking how much time I was spending. And included in that number for me was like, because some of my clients I see in person versus some of my clients I see virtually, right? So adding on to the clients that I see in person, the amount of time that it takes me to actually go and get there and see them um, so that I can know like per client, like how much revenue I was making per client per hour. Um, and then I can, I was able to actually visualize across my client list, like 
who was the most profitable client versus who was the least profitable client. And whether or not the reasons why a client was profitable versus not being profitable was because of me or was it because of the client. So tracking time is really helpful because you can kind of see, okay, was this time that I was spending because this is proactive time that I was spending with the client or was this reactive time that I was spending with the client? I don't know what your business is, so it's really hard for me to tell you what you should and shouldn't be tracking. I do know that that was one of the most helpful things for me because it was really easy for them to me, for me then to make objective decisions about whether or not a person was a profitable client for me in my business. And then I could decide after the fact, okay, maybe this person isn't profitable, but I really like working with them. And so I'm going to keep working with them rather than just not knowing right? If I don't know, then I can just say, well, I really like working with them. So I'm going to keep working with them rather than I really like working with them. They're not profitable, but that's okay, right? That's an okay decision to make. It doesn't mean that you have to like, you know, only make business decisions because they're profitable to your business all the time. I mean, I, I suggest mostly making <laughs> decisions that are like that. But um, if you also, let's say you want to serve a client base that you wouldn't otherwise be able to serve because they're not profitable. Maybe you designate, I don't know, 15, 10 to 15% of your time doing that so that you can service that population. But knowing that, hey, like that's just going to be a portion of my business. The rest of my business is going to be serving the people that will actually help my business grow, make money, and help me live the life that I want to live. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about is what to do if you already messed up. <laughs> So one of the things, one of the questions I got from somebody on Twitter, actually, um, after episode 26 came out was, okay, like, I didn't do any of that crap that you said in episode 26 when I went and started a business. Like, I'm already, like, underwater, um, and everything sucks, and I'm drowning. Um, so now what do I do? And the answer is the same things. <laughs> I wish I had some sort of sil silver bullet for you. Like, I want, I'm never going to tell you to like go take a big business loan, right? To keep yourself afloat. I mean, the answers are really kind of the same. Yeah. Okay, fine. You didn't do any business planning going in. Do business planning now. Figure out how much money you need to make per client to make things work. Think about how much time you need to actually get those clients. Think about how many people you need to talk to so that you can get the clients that you need to, to do to make the business numbers work, right? All these things that we talked about in episode one, just because you already started your business doesn't mean you can't do them and doesn't mean it wouldn't be helpful for you to do them now. So if you're drowning, go back and listen to episode 26 listen to episode 27 as well so that you can figure out the things that you need to do and the same things apply okay fine you didn't set up a good revenue like runway for yourself so your burn rate is higher than you know what you expected and you didn't you know put enough savings aside to actually make your business you know run for the next one to two years while you got revenue coming in okay what can you do to get some cash flow coming in maybe you take on a part-time job maybe you cut some expenses right? Maybe your expenses are really high. Maybe you sell your house and you go move somewhere a little bit smaller. Maybe you move in with a parent and you inject rats in your basement. I don't know. You, you know, like, I don't know your life. It's really hard for me to tell you what to do without knowing all the particulars of your situation. That said, even if I did know all the particulars of your situation, I wouldn't actually tell you what to do. I would sort of like flank you into, you know, deciding the right thing because <laughs> that's how we roll at Origin Wealth Advisors. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think all of these things still apply regardless of whether or not you've already taken the plunge or you've thought about taking the plunge and you didn't do any business planning, right? It doesn't really matter. You're in the situation now. So what can you do to like, you know, plug the holes in the Titanic that is now going down? That's your business. What can you do to like, you know, keep it afloat? 
um, for sure business planning, for sure prioritizing um, the most important marketing projects and spending your time on that and getting the most bang for your buck. You're even even more in a situation where you're strapped for resources and time, right? Because you didn't do the planning going in. So now what can you do on the other side to like really plan and, you know, do everything that you can before you have to go back and get a corporate job? Or maybe you just say to yourself, hey, you know what? This was a really good business idea and I can't, I don't have the resources for this right now. Maybe you pull the plug knowing that you're going to go back, take a corporate job somewhere, work for the next two to three years or five years or however long it takes for you to put away the runway that you need to then go and restart the business properly. Just because it doesn't work today doesn't mean it wouldn't work in three to five years from now. Like, I think we think about this stuff sometimes like, oh, okay, well, I already took the plunge. So now I'm already in this situation. So maybe it makes sense for me to like take on some credit card debt or other debt to like keep this business afloat. But, you know, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it like the true answer is, hey, this is a good idea, but I didn't execute on it well. And I just need to go back and get some work until I can actually execute on it the way that it's supposed to be executed on. Um, and then the last note that I wanted to leave you guys with is never stop hustling. So <laughs> I have a client, we joke around about this all the time because she's like, she's such a go-getter. She's always hustling. Um, and that's the way she puts it. She's just like, you know, I, uh, I want to get that pool in my backyard. So I got to hustle, um, <laughs> which I find to be really cute and funny. Um, but it's true, right? When you have a good goal in mind, right? It's really easy to get out there and do the things that you need to do. Um, the goal in year one, right, is to make sure you make it to year two. So anything and everything you can do to get your name out there, to make people know that you're, you know, you're here and you're here to stay. Um, obviously be strategic, right? Like, you know, don't like be a crazy person, like throwing darts at 300 different boards and hoping something will stick, like be strategic about how you're going to do it. But, you know, it's, it's really important to like, keep your eyes on the prize, keep hustling, keep going, keep doing everything that you can schedule your calendar as much as you can. And, you know, obviously take breaks like, you know, a normal human being, but like, don't like go binge on Netflix for like five days because like, woe is me and my business isn't working. Right. Like, I, I really hope that you don't do that just because you have one or two setbacks. Um, and I think that sometimes like, it's really easy for somebody to say, Oh, you, you don't understand what I'm going through, but I do, right? Like I have, this is my second business that I've started now, money owners. Um, my first business, I went through it all and I'm going through it now with money owners because money owners doesn't make any money. <laughs> Let's just be serious. It's only been a, it's only been a year, right? Money owners makes very little money. So if money owners were my only business, yeah, for sure. I, there would have to be a lot of planning around it, but the whole reason why money owners was able to be a business when it was, was because of what I did with my other business, right? It was because I did all that planning. So I feel like I just went on a whole tangent, but the, <laughs> um, the whole thing is to never stop hustling. Um, and that's all I got for you this, um, week's episode of money owners. I'm hoping to have a guest for you for the next episode. Um, if not, you'll get more business owner stuff in episode 28. Um, and yeah, Q&A is coming up for episode 30. So if you have any questions that you want to have answered, you can find me on Twitter at Morgan with an E Rochard or at money underscore owners. Um, you send me a DM or you can also just send me a regular tweet. You can also find me on my website, moneyowners.com forward slash ask Morgan with an E. If you like the show, please write a review. Please give me five stars and give me all this awesome free information. Also tell a friend. It really helps um, if you can, you know, tell somebody that you love or, you know, somebody you don't even love that you like this podcast and they can go and listen to it and tell their friends. That helps too. So I really appreciate um, you all and I'll talk to you in two weeks. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.